So, hey, three more weeks in the book of Hebrews. Three more weeks in the book of Hebrews, and then we're going to transition probably into prayer. Jess has a great word for us. I just, we've been talking. It's the Lord. It's out of Hebrews 11. So, please come up, woman of God. Yes. I do have a word. <clears throat> well, I'm just so happy to be here with you guys, like uh, every week, but this week feels special because now I get to share with you guys, which is so cool. Um, and I just want to read from John 12, just like Jason was saying, today is Palm Sunday. And John 12 says, the next day the huge crowd arrived for the feast and they heard that Jesus was entering Jerusalem. So they broke off palm branches and went out to meet him and they cheered Hosanna blessed is the one who comes in the name of the highest he is the king of Israel and so Jesus we just thank you that what we get to do every week that we're together is usher in your presence say Hosanna king of Israel come in and so Jesus we just invite you into our hearts into our minds today Lord would you speak would you touch us yeah we just thank you thank you Holy Spirit for your presence in Jesus name um, okay, well, if it's cool with you guys, I'm just going to, I'm going to share a lot today because um, we're in Hebrews 11 and it's all about faith and I'm going to share a lot. <laughs> um, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jess and I moved here almost two years ago from Michigan when the Lord called me to quit my job that I was working and move across the country and move into the Jesus Burgers house and partner with what God was doing in Isla Vista, which seemed really crazy at the time, but now it's like normal that I'm in this community. I'm like, oh, that's so normal. Um, so Hebrews 11 verse one, faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. And when I moved here, I was really sick. And I actually got really sick exactly 30 days after the Lord spoke to me to move to Isla Vista. And for those of you who do know me, you know it's been a lot of ups and downs and ebbs and flows with like getting better and then getting sick again and then getting better and then getting sick again. But, but God. And I remember the first year that I had symptoms, um, the first year that I got really sick, and the Lord said, year 25 of your life will be the year that you reign over every single health struggle. And I just remember hearing God say that. And immediately my, my thoughts went to the story of Abraham and Isaac. And the Lord reminded me of that story. And God spoke to Abraham that he would have a son. And he waited 25 years for that promise to be fulfilled. And he just kept waiting and waiting and waiting on it, trusting God at his word. And so today, I just want to share with you guys how God's faithfulness has consistently showed up in my life. So Hebrews 11.1, 1, another translation. Faith is the assurance, assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And we were talking about this in our Hebrews Bible study, actually. I love the mirror word translation where it says, Faith is God's persuasion of us. Persuasion confirms confident expectation and proves the unseen world to be more real than the seen world. Faith celebrates as certain what hope visualizes as the future. 
that one hit me. <laughs> when we read that, I was like, ooh. Um, and so to be honest, when I first got sick, it was really hard for me to envision myself as healthy. Like really, really hard. Especially when I, I couldn't even brush my hair without running out of breath. Like I could barely walk. I couldn't even climb up more than one stair step at a time. And God is just so persistent with us though. And I think when we're walking in relationship with Jesus, that faith is actually the most important muscle to exercise. Because we're called to walk in step with the Lord, walk side by side with the Lord, which also means we're called to agree and to claim the very specific things that he's spoken and he's promised over our lives as truth before we see them. And if we truly believe that God is a good father, which I think we do, we sing that all the time, you're a good, good father, yes you are, yes you are. If we believe that he's a good father, then we can trust that he's never going to break his own word to his children. And he doesn't disappoint us with a hope for something that he first put in us. If he put a hope for something in your heart, he's not going to disappoint you with that. He means to see it to completion. And it says in Proverbs 3.3, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And I really believe that his love and his faithfulness is actually what leads us into a place where we can fully trust the promises and the words that he's spoken over our lives. Like every single word. And I love last week when Rod was here and he was talking about how we can't just let go of the promises of God over our life and we can't like let them fall to the ground just because we're afraid or if we have fear. And in Romans 4, it's talking about Abraham. And it says that Abraham did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah, his wife's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that he was able to do what he had promised. And when I read this, it was like, such a major turning point for me because I was like, oh my gosh, if Abraham, Abraham, 90 or whatever old he was at the time, Abraham, however old he is, can believe that his 91-year-old wife is going to have a baby from her body, then I can believe that I'm going to be healed in the time that I'm 25, like God said. And just a little, little story time. Last spring, June 1st, actually, the Lord had led me to this, um, to this kind of experimental doctor. And I had done like every treatment under the sun at this point up till last spring. We've tried everything. And I went to this doctor that the Lord completely led me to, made a way, able for me to go. I went, I go see this doctor. He treats me overnight like a ton of my symptoms are gone. Was the very first thing that ever made any impact. And exactly 30 days after that was July 1st and I turned 25. I'm still on the journey. But then that month that I turned 25 in July of last July, the Lord radically healed me of Lyme disease. It's not on any test anymore. It doesn't show up. And so what's so incredible about God is that when we start to believe things as they're unseen, they start to become seen. There's no other way. Like it talks about in Romans, we don't live from the, the physical reality, the things that we can see, but we're motivated by the spiritual reality. Because we pray on earth as it is in heaven, right? So it's like, do we pray that and not believe that? For a time being, I was. Um, so praise the Lord for <laughs> revealing things to us. 
Um, now I want to read one more verse in Hebrews 11. Verses 8 and 9, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he went to live in a land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents. Now, if it's okay with you guys, I'm going to share a little story, the story that I like to call my trip to El Hierro. Um, <laughs> a couple people here have heard my trip to El Hierro, but um, it's about tense. <clears throat> so after I got better last kind of summer, I then got really sick again in the fall, and it was just kind of this up and down. And um, this past fall, the Lord spoke to me it felt really out of the blue, to be honest. And he asked me to go to this remote island off the coast of West Africa, this tiny little island, and to preach the gospel. And I was like, okay, Lord, if that's you, you're going to have to make it really clear. And he totally did. He made everything crystal, crystal clear, lined it all up for me to go. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to message this random farming family that God put on my heart and asked them if I can come across the world in a week's time and live with them on their farm. Um, and so I did. I messaged them. And it's like typical response rate, six to seven days. They messaged me back in like literally 10 minutes. Um, we were in the middle of worship and the Lord was like, I want you to message them now. And I did. And it was like immediately. And I was like, okay, confirmation is cool. And so... The next day, I get on a plane to go, not to, to the island, not that fast, but I get on a plane to go to my doctor's appointment, and I hop on the plane and have my laptop with me, and the Lord says, Jess, I want you to get airplane Wi-Fi, and I was like, missionary budget here, $10, God, and he's like, get airplane Wi-Fi, and so I said, okay. So I got airplane Wi-Fi, and I open up my laptop, and I have a message from this family that I had just heard from the day before. And they said, hey, things are changing really fast. We're really excited for you to come, um, but there's someone else who can come here and work with us for longer, so we're going to offer the hut to them. So they live in huts. I didn't mention that. They live in um, huts that they build out of lava rocks, because it's a volcanic island, uh, and recycled pieces of wood. So they had, like... They have huts for people who come and work on their farm. Um, and so they had a hut for me, but they were like, we don't, we don't have a hut for you now. We're going to give it to this other person. And so if you want to come and stay with us for these couple of months, then you can come, but you have to bring your own tent. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, God, I don't have a backpacking tent. Those are so expensive. They're like $600. And... <clears throat> The Lord really kindly rebuked me right there because I was like, oh, you can provide $600. And so I'm just sitting there, and at the beginning of the fight, there's this old man, older gentleman, sitting next to me. <laughs> no, no, he was like 65. Um, there's this old... <laughs> there's this older gentleman sitting next to me. Bless his heart. Um... And he's trying to get his headphones to work. He's got like those Bluetooth headphones and he's like trying so hard and it just wasn't working. And I was like, can I help you with your headphones? And he was like, yes, please. And so I'm trying to help him with his headphones for like 10 minutes and they just wouldn't work. Turns out they were definitely broken. And so then I was like, here, just take my headphones. I'm not going to use them. I'm going to read my book. And so I gave him my headphones. Then he was just like, why are you so nice? He was like, why are you being this nice? are you a Christian or something? And I was like, well, 
In fact, have you heard of this man named Jesus? And then it was actually this really sweet door open because turns out he's Jewish and he was like kind of open. So I just, I shared the love of Jesus with him. And I was like, I really believe that anywhere and everywhere we go, this is what we're called to act like because Jesus's love and adoration for you is over the charts. So why would I ever want to act in any other way towards you? And he got really touched by that. And he's like, that's super cool. Like, are you a missionary then? And I was like, yes. And then he asked all about what I'm doing. He's like, oh, well, then as a missionary, are you going to be like traveling? Do you go places? Are you going anywhere next? Because if you go somewhere next, I want to make sure I'm sitting by you on the plane. And I was like, you're so it's funny. Um, I was like, well, I am actually going somewhere next. In a week, I'm going to go to this tiny little island off the coast of West Africa called El Yero and um, share this like same love that I just shared with you. I feel like God's calling me to go share it there. And he was like, oh, okay, that's super cool. Headphones in, watches his movie. An hour later, I open up my laptop, and um, the Lord says, I want you to start researching backpacking tents, Jess. And I was like, the very thing that I cannot afford, I'm going to now start researching. Okay. So I pull up my laptop, and I just start researching backpacking tents. And I'm like, $600. Ooh, REI. Discount, $750. <laughs> like, just scrolling through, like, looking at all these different backpacking tents. And... Um, I seriously, I've probably been looking for at least a half hour. The Lord's like, keep looking. So I'm like reading through every like hiker, nature, European, like Swiss blog post, like where you can and can't camp, what best backpack to use, what camp, anyway, I'm looking and finally as I'm just researching, Jeffrey leans over and he's like, so have you picked a tent yet? And I was like, oh no, I, they're really expensive. Like I'm just, I'm just looking through and stuff. And he just looks at me dead serious and he's like, well, let's pick one now because I'm going to buy it. And I, I was like, Lord, how do I receive? And I, so I really, in the moment, I was like, uh, you know, and then I received it because I was like, I'm not going to buy it myself. So he pulls out his credit card and he buys me this back, this super expensive backpacking tent on the plane with the airplane Wi-Fi. I was like, what in the, the heck? Like, this is crazy. And um, so anyway, he gets me this backpacking tent. And what was that? Yeah, they are, Jez. <laughs> so he buys me the tent, which is honestly, that's why I was laughing to Jason earlier. I was like, Courtney's over here being like, make sure you get your tent for this retreat that we're going on. Like, y'all, just go sit next to an older gentleman, share the love of Jesus with him. <clears throat> This whole church is going to have free tents, I tell you. I impart that. <laughs> so, at this time, I won my doctor's appointment. So, I'm still pretty sick. <clears throat> and to the point of, like, not being able to go on long walks, like, still couldn't do, like, really a lot of normal human things at this point. But God is calling me to go to this, like, remote island. And I know that it's not going to be, like, you know lay in bed and like rest for five to eight hours a day. <laughs> like, and so I ended up packing up my tent, packing up the backpack and literally the day before the flight, cause I had bought a flight and faith, the Lord's like, just trust me, do all of this. I did all of it. The day before the flight, I wake up and I start feeling amazing. I like felt like a normal human. And I was like, oh my goodness gracious, what is happening? And I love what Andrew Murray says. He says, the call of God is ever accompanied by the promise. True faith in the promise is ever joined to obedience to the call. 
obedience is the very essence of faith. And I just remember I was heading to LAX feeling like so expectant and so excited for what God was going to do. So by the grace of God, I go to this unseen and unknown foreign land, (laughs) and it takes me like three flights, a ferry ride, another boat ride, a taxi ride, a bus ride, and then a 30-minute hike onto their farm, like on the island, which I would have never been able to do three days prior. Like, I would have passed out. And I just went ahead and did all these things, and I'm just like beaming, like, oh my gosh, God, like, who do you want to love on today? Like, it was just so crazy. And um, I show up, and this family, they're living on a Spanish-speaking island, El Yero, and they're all from Germany, and they're all hardcore atheists. Like, I walk onto their land, and they're just basically talking about how science is the tell-all, be-all, and there's no such thing as God. And... They have all these workers with them regularly, like different workers from different places. It's through this thing called Workaway, if you know what that is. And I ended up, there was a guy, like a Turkish Muslim guy. There was a guy from, who had just like gotten out of the new age from France. There was another guy from Germany who was like totally spiritually seeking, but like really like depressed and having all these crazy warfare dreams every night that he was like bringing to me to interpret And so there were like seven different people from all these seven different countries coming to this one tiny little farm. And God made a way for me to have like a one-on-one and share the gospel with every single person in such a different way. Which totally felt like a fulfillment of the promise that he said. He said, you're going to go to this land and you're going to preach the gospel. So it already felt like, you know, total fulfillment of these things. I'm like, well, this is crazy. And, um, but like a weekend that had happened and about one week into the trip, I'm just like starting to get really lonely and really isolated because it's like a nine hour time difference. I'm completely alone. My German is like pretty intermediate. My Spanish, horrible. Um, French doesn't even exist. And so we're just speaking like five languages at the dinner table every night. And I'm just like, okay, Lord, you know, and, um, the family comes up to me like about a week or so in and they're like, hey, just so you know, there's going to be a new girl coming to work on the farm. And so I went to bed that night in my little tent and I was like, Lord, what do you want to say about this girl? And he said, she will know me and she will love me. And I was like, that's a promise. Okay, bring it on. And I wake up the next morning and I don't even know how, but the family decides that I'm going to give her the tour of the farm. Like I'm going to spend the whole day with her. So I meet this new girl from Germany who has very, very good English and she's wearing a cross necklace. And the first thing she says to me is about how she believes in God and has a relationship with Jesus. Um, And it was so cool because then we end up sitting down and the Lord's like, I want you to share with her everything. So I sat down with this girl and I started sharing with her how God had brought me here and he had sent me here and how he provided this tent that I'm living in and um, how faithful he is. And the Lord was like, I want you to share about your health journey and I want you to just speak life into her. So I started speaking life into her and just sharing with her what I've been through with all my health struggles. And... um, She then shared with me that she had planned this trip three months prior, and she was planning to come here, and she had been praying, asking God that he would bring someone, like a believer or a missionary, into her life, because she's been a Christian for five years. She gave her life to Jesus, and she's, like, never met another Christian. There's no Christians in her town, like her 
Her family's super closed off with this kind of stuff. Her best friend's an atheist. She has no community, no church. And she had been praying, contending that God would send her here and he would bring a believer to speak life into her. And I remember I sat down with her and she's like, God brought you here for me. And I was just like, it's so insane. Like in, in Psalm 37, it says, give God in the Passion Translation, I love Psalm 37.5, give God the right to direct your life, and as, as you trust him along the way, you will find out that he pulled it off perfectly. <laughs> and that's really what this felt like in a nutshell, because I'm like, oh my goodness, God, like, you called this random girl who needs, like, community and a friend to go to this island three months in advance and then you randomly speak to me like a week in advance to come here and he pulls it off perfectly you know and so testimony time she and I are going on a walk uh, right after we sit down and talk for the first time and I'm just walking around barefoot as you would on a farm and she's looking down she's like oh I wish I could walk barefoot with you in the garden and I was like then take off your shoes let's go walk barefoot in the garden and she's like I can't because I have this cast on my ankle and I like I hurt my ankle it takes six months to heal and so the only way I can um I can't take off my shoes when I'm wearing the cast and so I could never walk barefoot and I was like well, can we pray that God will heal your ankle? And she was like, I've never heard of that before or experienced. Like, yeah, sure. Like, okay. And so we just pray, really simple prayer. I just lay a hand on her ankle and pray in the name of Jesus that she would be healed. And she like jumps up immediately. And she was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, what, do you want me to pray again? Like, are you good? And she's like, the moment that you said the name Jesus, like my ankle was completely healed. All the pain left. And it was just like so encouraging, even for me, because I was just like, oh my gosh. I, I, when I was on the plane flying to this island, I asked, I was like, Lord, I just pray that you'd bring people who need to be healed and that you would heal them and they would come to know you through that. And that's what happened for her. And it was so beautiful. And then the next, the next day, so we're going to bed then that night, wake up the next morning, we need to climb up the mountain to go and get food. And so she and I are like hiking up the mountain together and I look over and she's wearing her cast again. She had like put it back on. And I was like, what are you doing? Why are you wearing the cast? God healed your ankle. And she was like, yeah, I know he did, but I got so excited yesterday that I was playing around on the lava rocks with all the kids. So the, the family has four kids. She's like, I was jumping around like playing on the lava rocks and she fell and twisted her ankle and hurt it all over again. Same spot, same way. I was like, what in the heck? And so she's like, and I heard it all over again. And she was like, she wasn't saying it that excitedly. She was like, yeah, I heard it all over again. So, and I was like, well, then God wants to heal it all over again. And she like did look at me kind of weird. She was like, I mean, okay. And so we're in the middle of the street and I was like, no, we're gonna, God's gonna heal it right now. And so same prayer, just lay my hand on her ankle, like simple prayer, like heal it, Jesus, heal it in your name. And immediately she's like, I don't understand. All the pain left, it's completely healed. I was like, Jesus, no, Jesus deserves like, come on, Jesus. And Ever since that moment, <laughs> it is so funny. Ever since that moment, I just, I've, 
I've entered into this conversation with the Lord where I'm asking him like, God, what areas of my life am I not having full faith? Or what areas of my life am I subconsciously putting a limit to what you want to do for me? And I think that that's applicable to all of our lives. And I think that that ties in with the promises and the words that he's spoken over our lives. Because there's so many things in all of our personal lives that he has shared with us, or he's given you a dream about, or a vision about, or a word that he's spoken will happen. And I just started wondering, well, how many of those things in my life have I let fall to the ground, or I'm not having faith for right now, because I just think, well, maybe the timing's not for this season. Or my heart is like so in this that like it's going to be too painful for me to agree and to intercede. So I'm just going to leave it to God or I'm just going to wait. But our God is faithful to the end and faithful to finish what he started. So he who began a good work in you will finish it to completion. And that includes every word and every promise that he's spoken. So if he's said something that's not done yet and it's it's not good... I mean, then it's not finished. And I remember hearing someone speak one time um, about what's going to happen when we go up into heaven. And he was talking about how when we all go up into heaven, it's going to be like a library. And when we go up and we go into the library, you're going to see this whole row of books on all of the walls. And you'll see that there's one of the bindings is perfectly, beautifully written with your name on it. And when you open up the book, you're going to open up to the first chapter. And the first chapter of that book doesn't start with when you started walking with Jesus. But it actually starts with the story of Adam and Eve. Because back when God created Adam and Eve, he spoke every promise into your life, every word into your life. He knew everything that he was going to say and he was going to promise you. And he put that right at the very beginning, even before Abraham came to be and Abraham's descendants. And so David writes in Psalm 37, the humble of heart will inherit every promise and enjoy abundant peace. So that doesn't just mean the promises that seem logical or seem applicable to this season. And that doesn't just mean the promises that maybe we feel for right now. So I've just kind of been in this place now where I'm like, oh my goodness, I want to be like consistently pregnant with the promises of God. Because like when a woman is pregnant, she's like, she's so full and she's receiving all these nutrients and all these new things that her body doesn't have in other seasons. And then that gets to be birthed out. And so God promised Abraham that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And we are literally Abraham's descendants. Like we're, just think about testimony. Like we're the living descendants of Abraham. Like we are living in that promise, you know? And I think that once we get to a place where we can like let the truth of God's promises captivate our hearts and living from a place where we believe them, all of the things that are unseen that we're contending for do become seen. Um, And I think that the reason too why this has been like so much on my heart to share is that the power of testimony never depreciates. Whenever we revisit or tell a story of God's faithfulness, every single time, we're entering back into that place of divine encounter when it first happened. And remembering what he's done, not just in our lives, but in other people's lives and praising him for that will never lose power. And testimonies aren't just memories. They literally have an eternal lifespan. 
They live forever and ever and ever. So it's like the testimony of Abraham and his descendants will live forever. Just like the promise that God is speaking over your life that he's bringing to completion and he's going to fulfill that he's asking you to contend for and he's asking you to partner with him in, that's gonna have an eternal lifespan. So that quote earlier that I said, Andrew Murray, I'm gonna read it again. The call of God is ever accompanied by the promise. True faith in the promise is ever joined to obedience to the call. Obedience is the very essence of faith. And so I realized when God called me to that island, that was the very first time that I ever went on a long walk since I got sick. It was the very first time I ever rode a bicycle since I got sick. It was the very first time that I ever went hiking the very, very ever first time that I ate candy. And that truth of obedience being tied in to our promises really started to strike my heart. Because we, through a simple yes, like a, a very simple yes, have the means to begin to inherit the promises of God. And we have the opportunity at all times to agree with what he said and to align ourselves with him. And from that place of remembrance and praise of what he's already done and trusting what he's gonna continue to do, change will always come first in the spiritual and then it will come next in the natural. So so I just want to close out before Jason comes up with a couple of questions that, I started to ask myself and I started to enter into this conversation with the Lord. So if everyone would close their eyes, we're just going to invite the Lord right now. What has God been asking you to do that you're afraid to put action to? What promises has God spoken over your life that you let fall to the ground? And what promise has he spoken that you're not fully believing? So good. Thank you, Jess. Yeah, 100%. That was powerful. <laughs> Man, isn't it good? Faith. Faith. You know, Hebrews 11, there's a common denominator. If you don't know, if you haven't read that chapter, faith in God, faith in God, faith in God. And anytime you mix faith with God, things happen. God moves. You know, and faith is a muscle. You guys know that? Come on, stay with me. Faith is a muscle. Like, you got to use it. You can't think you're going to be like, if you don't like start squatting with God, you know, or start like lifting some iron, like you ain't going to grow the muscle. Like faith has to be used or you lose it. This has nothing to do with the love of God over your life. He loves you because he loves you because he loves you. This has everything for us growing in God, maturing in God, 
walking in the call of God on your life. Like it comes through faith. All progress in the Christian life is by faith. If you don't want to go by faith, you're not going to go. Things are going to happen still. God's going to continue to work in your life because he's always working all for good. But where life becomes exciting, where life becomes yay, it's when we start partnering with God. And guys, do you know who the father of our faith is? It's not Jesus this time. I know that's the great Sunday answer. It's actually Abraham. It says that Abraham is the father of our faith. And how God worked with Abraham is how he works with all of us today. He speaks to us. He speaks to us. Guys, I know for some of you, you're like, dude, this is just basic, Jay. Dude, bring me back to the basics, Lord. We don't graduate the basics. My sheep hear my voice. They know me. They follow me. I just want to speak that over us afresh today. You hear God. You hear God. You may not always think that's God speaking to you. God's speaking to you. You may need to like tune the frequency a little and get the channel right, but like he is speaking to you. And the more that we become aware of God, man, a little commercial can minister to you, let alone the word of God. Or I mean, God literally spoke out of a donkey once, like a jackass. Like God could speak to you through many avenues if, if you position your heart to say, God, I want to hear you. See, I know, I know Jess's life, I've been walking with her, you know, like, she grew, like, you're swole in the Lord. Like, you really are. Like, 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 she went through a trial, you know? And, like, she came out with, like, I'm like, dang, Planet Fitness or something there. You're like, you know what I mean? Like, she'd been going in the gym. So when she got on the plane, God's just like, yo, I'm going to speak to you because her heart's already open to God. She's already been living a life of dependency, already living a life of surrender. It makes it much easier for God to speak into that. Listen to this, guys. I want to read you some verses, and I'll land it here. Um, this is Hebrews eleven eight. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. Check this out, guys. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived in an alien, the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for a city which has foundations, who architect and builder is God. Woo! Did you get that slide I sent you? Can you just throw that up? Guys, I want to just highlight real quick five observations. This story right here. God speaks. Yeah? God speaks. Second, Abraham, what did he do? Simple obedience. He just said, I'm going to obey. Guys, I like the movie, The Field of Dreams. Come on, we went after a field, right? He says in that movie, he's like, I never did anything crazy until I heard the voice. (laughs) Guys, we don't do anything until you hear the voice of God. We've got to hear the voice of God. I don't care if he hijacks you in a dream, through a person, through the word of God. When you hear the voice of God, obey the voice of God. Blessings come with obedience. Reward? He was rewarded. He was going after an inheritance. Guys, it says this in Hebrews 11, verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. See, God loves you, but you want to please God? Like, it's in the heart of kids to want to please their dad, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who seek him. Guys, you can come to God and be like, you're going to reward me. 
You're literally going to reward me for spending time with you right now, for praising you, for seeking you. That's not selfish. That's actually biblical. Lastly, or no, two more. He lived in a foreign land as a foreigner. Guys, if you want to live by faith, your life is going to look different. It might not always make sense to people. You may have family that are like, why are you doing that? Why are you living like that? I'm just out here trusting God. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm doing. That's okay. And then the last one, he was sustained by a vision for eternity. He was seeking a city that has foundations. So the architect and builder is God. Guys, he wasn't living so temporal. He wasn't caught up in all the stuff. He had a vision for eternity. This is pre-cross. He's like, I'm going to die. But I know where I'm heading. There's a city. There's a city of God. And that's where we're all heading, guys. We're going to the city of God. Let the vision for eternity sustain you in this life. Let it paint a bigger picture for you. You know, that you're storing up rewards where, where moth and rust can't destroy, where thieves can't break in and steal. You're storing those up in heaven. See, I believe, guys, every time we give to the Lord, whether it's our time, our money, whatever, like our lives in this capacity, like it goes into the book. There's a book of remembrance. God remembers these things. We're not doing these for people to see. We're doing these things for God. Yeah? He's so good. God, make us bodybuilders. Jesus, get us swollen, the Lord. Yeah, God, swole us up. Get this belly off of me. Get my back strong. God, just help us to live a life of faith. A life of faith. Who knows how faith comes? By hearing. 1017, Romans 1017. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. And that word's a rhema word. It means it's a word for you. It's not a word for me. It's a word for you. That's why we can read the same chapter, you know, Hebrews 11. You're like, oh my gosh, verse 7. And I'm like, dude, verse 22. Well, what's that about? That's God getting your attention, speaking to your heart. That's why, like, we need to go, guys, daily to the word. Daily to the word. I mean, if the Israelites, which was an example of the manna given, had to go daily because it would go bad, and Jesus says, I'm the bread that came out of heaven, and we're just thinking we're going to come to church and eat one meal a day, dang, you're going to be malnutrition. Like, we have to come daily to the word of God. And that's just an invitation. But come, I just want to encourage somebody because I feel it. You got to come with expectancy. If you come before God, expect he's going to speak to you. And expect he's going to reward you. Expect he's going to show up. Expect he's going to reveal something to you for your day. And you don't have to spend time with God ever. God's not like you and me. He doesn't get like, he's not all like, oh, you hurt my feelings. He didn't spend time with me. You know, like we get offended. God's very secure. This is for us. This is for us. And even more, it's for the people around us. Because Abraham was called what? To be blessed so he could be a blessing. Be a blessing. And that's what happens. When you live by faith, I promise you'll be a blessing to many. Wasn't that a blessing today? Just hearing it. Because she's just living for Jesus and it just leaks out. And then we get to receive, and all those other people got to receive. Hallelujah. All right, God, we love you. We bless you. 